Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. One, two, one, two. It is Tuesday night. Guard Grill Boxing. I am your host, Roberto Flack, soon to be joined by my man, R.O.D., and like I mentioned last week, we are now officially on iTunes. So if you have an iPhone or you subscribe to other podcasts on iTunes, subscribe to ours. We got a lot in store coming this uh, next 2017. And, you know, we're wrapping up the year in boxing, man. You know, we're going to talk about what transpired over the weekend with Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters. I'm going to wait for my man, R.O.D., to get on the line so we can discuss that. Um, kind of uh, a shallow week. You know, next week we got the big doubleheader with J-Rock and um, Jamal Charlo for the IBF junior middleweight title, as well as Jesus Cuellar and Abner Mares. This week, this weekend, not many fights going on of note. You know, Billy Joe Saunders is actually defending his version <laughs> of the middle, the WBO middleweight title against Artur Akabov in Scotland. I don't even know. I'm not sure if they're going to be um, show. I mean, I don't know where they would show that in the States, but if you have access uh, to Facebook or, you know, if you have your, your ways of streaming, I'm pretty sure uh, you'll be able to find that. Um, outside of that, man, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about th- this weekend's fight and, also, the Ward Kovalev fight was aired again on HBO for uh, more of the masses to make up their mind on who they believed won that fight. So, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit uh, as it relates to the pay-per-view numbers that have surfaced. <laughs> um, before, though, uh, you know, I get into anything, man, some news seemed to break a little bit before I got on the show. And uh, it, this is a fight that many of us have been wanting to see for quite some time. And it seems as if Ricky Funes has kind of let the cat out the bag as Brandon Rios and Victor Ortiz look to have a date February 4th in L.A. And when we talk about grudge matches, this is as quintessential of a grudge match as you can get. If you go back and you just research these two guys' history, not much is known about what transpired per se between the two, but needless to say, neither guy is really putting their foot forward to kind of uh, bury the hatchet, so to speak. And we're going to see how that plays out in the ring, <laughs> you know. So I think we got Bo on the line. What's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on? I uh, I have a good idea about that grudge match and what took place, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's been reports over the years, I mean, amongst a lot of things that, that, that transpired as, you know, <laughs> other people being involved and, you know, just like personal matters that, you know, could spill into the ring. And, you know, mm-hmm. we hopefully will be treated to uh, 
uh, a war. You know, this is like, you know, mm. shout, out to my, shout out to ROD. This is an anti-science fight. <laughs> and it, it's the type of fight I will not mind seeing. So, you know, I think, I think this is a fight that you will – I don't think you'll see Victor Ortiz quit in this fight. I don't think you'll see him quit in this fight. If it gets rough, I don't think you'll see him quit because this is pure hatred. Like, he don't – he don't want to know, be known to have quit it to Brandon Rios, you know? That is, that is true. Um, my, my thing with Victor Ortiz is kind of um, – we've seen more than, like, more than a, a couple times where he – you know, he's, he's had, he has that stigma, you know, because it's one thing if you, uh-huh. you know, you, you do it once, but he kind of did it twice kind of did it a third time where it's like, is this just the kind of guy he is? Because a lot of times uh, what, you, what happens in the ring sometimes relates to, like, how you are outside of the ring, you know, with other things. But, I mean, uh, beyond that, I, at the very least, this isn't going to be a fight from the first round where they're going to be trying to feel each other out. I think once this bell rings, it's going to be – you know, twelfth or ninth inning, bases loaded, fastball coming, um, yeah. trying to go for the home run. You know, so yeah, and it, 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 it just like Victor Ortiz got like nine lives, right? This guy, you know, like you say, he gets a lot of opportunities in boxing. He goes to Hollywood and make movies. You know, so it's like this guy got like nine lives, man. Yeah, man. I mean, Victor Ortiz has been. I mean, you know, we forget. Not that we forget, but you know, this is a guy that. I mean, I guess we could say we forget because at one point, Victor Ortiz is being touted by Oscar De La Hoya as the quote-unquote next golden boy. You know, he had the look, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the chiseled face, and then just, you know, the, the, um, the complexion, if you will, of somebody that, you know, would maybe fill the role had he followed in the footsteps competitively to an Oscar and, and, and you know, going through the trenches and coming out of it. But, you know, that really isn't the story of Victor Ortiz. But needless to say, he, he's, he had opportunities with, you know, after the, you know, quitting in the, in the Madonna fight. I mean, he landed a Floyd fight, which is something that, you know, 98% of the boxing world can't say they did. <laughs> and. <laughs> And on top of that, you know, he's continued to get in these different fights, whether it's, you know, with Andre Berto and, and, and you know, the fact that you mentioned that he, he, he's doing movies. So I, I just think with this, in this situation, I think for both, it's, it's as crossroad a fight, if not at least for, well, I mean, I guess you could say for both, depending how the, the fight goes, man. I mean, this could be next to the last fight for both guys. Yes. Uh, Brandon Rios has been around the block. Victor Ortiz has been around the block. But it's almost kind of poetic that this would be like they're close to their last fight. Even though Ricky Funia, who's training Brandon Rios now, like he's been on this tip that, you know, you know, Brandon's looking really good and he's staying in shape. And we've been seeing him in the gym, you know, with videos and stuff. So it's, it, it's not like we're hearing hearsay. I mean, we're seeing him train, you know, and he, and he doesn't have a fight per se. Well, now, you know, that this is announced. So uh, I think this is, this is the, a, a fight that, 
I mean, I would favor Rios in this fight, but at the same time, Victor Ortiz, if he had, if he, if he came in with his head screwed on straight, and going, going by, by what you're thinking that like he ain't gonna quit in this fight, Victor Ortiz could win this fight too. Which again, yeah. it makes it very intriguing on that end. But I mean, I think a lot of us are just gonna sit back and just watch everything unfold because I mean, th- there is no love lost between these two guys, man. And well, I mean, no, I can't even say that because I mean, they did have a relationship before, but they have a, a, a long history together coming up from the amateurs. Uh, they, they, they were former roommates and things and yeah. such. So there's a lot, there's a lot to build with that, man. And from what I'm hearing, February 4th, uh, I don't know about um, what network. I mean, I don't think it would be, HBO, because I mean, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think Victor Ortiz is a Heyman guy. I mean, at least I, I mean, I don't think so. But this might be a Showtime fight. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know. This is. I mean, we're we're just hearing it now. So I mean, I guess we'll find the we'll find out more as as the days as the days go on. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for ROD to kind of like come on so we could talk about you know, what transpired over the weekend, but, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we got, you know, B hop and, and, um, Joe Smith happening toward, you know, in the the next couple of weeks, next week, we got J rock and Jamal Charlo and that double header coming up. But, um, outside of that, man, I mean, this is, like I said, it's like the end of the year, you know, things are starting to kind of slow down. You know, we just got off of Thanksgiving weekend, and, you know, we're leading into, like, the holiday season where, you know, things kind of are, like, like I said, they wind down. Um, I, I wanted to real qu- really quick talk about, uh, before you got on, the, the, the pay-per-view numbers have now kind of surfaced for Ward and Kovalev. Yeah, I think it's mean, 170 or something like that, 160, Yeah, like, there's – unfortunately, going into this fight, and and I said this, Man, I want to say August. You know, we we had talked about it on the show. Um, this is one of those situations where you had two of the best fighters. You can argue number one, number two, number two, number three. Like at at the very least, two of the top five in the world getting it on, both undefeated, both in their primes. And and you would think on paper this is a fight that people would flood to. But the thing that I was really concerned with with this fight was the overall promotion or lack thereof mm-hmm. on from all parties involved, whether it's HBO, mm-hmm. Rock Nation, main events. Now, look, we understand those that you know that those of us that follow the sport. I mean, it takes money to make money, and it you know marketing a fight does cost money. <laughs> but I think they kind of dropped the ball with this fight as far as just the overall promotion. And like I, I kind of mentioned throughout the months was like rolling out the red carpet for this. And like you, you kind of, you know, you just mentioned this, they're, they're reporting that the fight did about a hundred and six, anywhere from like, well, some people are even reporting that it did like 140, but if you're any, anything around the area of 140, 150, 160 is like likely what you're, what the numbers are. And, you know, it, it's it, it's kind of sad because I think 
this what how the you know how the fight played out. This is a fight that I mean, number one, we we all collectively want to see a rematch, and maybe the rematch will do better. But I think the problem is that when you when you talk about rematches or when you talk about like in movies when they make sequels, nine times out of ten, the reason they make a sequel is because the first movie made a crap load of money. I mean that's I mean that's why horror movies and I'm a big horror aficionado that the reason why horror movies are the easiest movies to sell is because they always turn a profit and people just love to go see horror movies no matter how bad they are they sell. With this it's like the opposite. The quality was amazing but the viewership wasn't there. So the 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 best case scenario is that, and and I guess we got to see the ratings for this weekend, how that played out as far as how many people watched the the the, the replay, and, and I want to think it might it might be a good amount. Uh, most of us, meaning the hardcore fans, we were the ones that were telling people after the fight, you know, whether it was me telling. You know some of the people I work with, um, and so some of the, some of, some of like my producer friends who were like kind of you know them quasi, you know they only know about like the main fights and stuff. Like they were asking about that fight because of all the talk that was coming about as far as the controversy of the scorecards. Who you know people thought this guy won, people thought that guy won. It might. I'm hoping that that can create a little bit of a bubble where there would be more interest in a rematch. But what I will say, and I'll pass it off to you, I, I think if it does become a situation where there is, I mean, there is a demand from us. I mean, we all, I don't know if there's, I don't think I've talked to any boxing fan, even though if you had award winning like by three, four points, four rounds or what have you, like I don't think, or I haven't spoken to anybody that doesn't want to see this fight again. So with that being said, I, I think if they, they roll out the red carpet and they already have a storyline to work with, you know what I mean? They, they, you know, we, we've seen this time and time again. This is a reason why rematches are made because the first one is controversial or the, or the first one just did a lot of money. You know, but All then right. you look at Mayweather-Pacquiao, and it's like none of us really kind of want to see that again. But um, this is a prime example of um, a fight that I think maybe, or I should say, has the potential to to put up a better show at the box office in a rematch. But from a competitive standpoint, we all want to see it again. I hope when the, if and when they go about it, they they, they attack it a little better and and a little more. Um, I would say smarter putting it out to the masses that, you know, you, you guys missed a great fight the first time around, very likely we're going to get a great fight the second time around. So I'll pass it off to you. You know, let me know what you think as far as, uh, just the numbers, you know, that surface and, you know, how they can maybe, uh, go about it a different way, you know, in the sequel. Uh, well, first of all, you know what, what, what we have to recognize, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to post this later, I'm going to ask people, how would you rate Rock Nation as far as promoting? They haven't done a great job with promoting war. They haven't done a great job with Kodo. 
They haven't done a great job with Rego. So you, you look at them as, as a promotion company and, and truly ask yourself, how would you rate them? Because I'm with you. We knew the contract had been signed. We knew last year this fight was taking place. They didn't really start promoting this fight until, like, almost a month of the fight. Mm-hmm. And look at – say what you want to say about Oscar De La Hoya. He knows how to promote a fight when he wants to promote a fight. Like, when it came yeah. to promoting uh, uh, Carmelo Alvarez and Amir Khan, that was, you know, he was over in the U.K. promoting it. it was, they, they were doing months of promoting. Same thing with Carmelo and BC. Okay, they were doing months of promoting. Um, but this is a situation where I'm, either somebody dropped the balls or the budget wasn't, just wasn't there for them to promote this like they wanted to for whatever the case reason is, but that fight, because if you really look at that fight, that fight is what people wish Mayweather Pacquiao would have been. Right. If Mayweather Pacquiao was that competitive, yes, we would want to see a rematch. You know, Mayweather yeah, Pacquiao right, was that competitive, right. oh, my God, we'd be wanting right. to see a rematch. Floyd would be getting mail, but for me, look, you got to come out of retirement, dog. you got to fight this guy again, you know. Yeah. That, that is where he got rematched. Um. Pay-per-view numbers are down all the way across the board, but, you know, and it's also a shame because the casual fan really don't know who Kovalev is, and they really don't know who Andre Ward is. And there were a lot of people that I talked to that probably didn't want to watch the fight because, they, you know, a lot of people didn't like Andre Ward's style, and they thought, oh, it was going to be another one of, you know, a typical Andre Ward type of fight. It turned out that it wasn't. Mm-mm. And and I'm with you. They missed a great fight. So hopefully, with all the talks, with everything is going on uh, about how close the fight was, and and, and um, I think the most promoting this fight got was through social media. You yeah. know, and that was through you know like that you know guys like me, you, and the websites we're on, and all of that was you know mainly through social media. And it had the makings of everything you want it to be as far as a as, as a great fight. It just didn't get the, the one element, which was the promoting. It didn't get top-notch number one promoting that it should have gotten. Like, Ward and Kovalev should have been on ESPN like Pacquiao and Bradley was. You know what I'm saying? Um, they didn't have a, 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 a I think, uh, uh, what was it, a 24-7 or a face-off. They didn't have that for this fight. They had that My Life thing, but they didn't have a, where, you know, HBO would run a weekend where, you know, where they would visit the fighters for like three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row. Oh, no, road to uh, Ward and Kovalev. They didn't have a road to Ward and Kovalev like they had a road to uh, uh, Pacquiao and Bradley. So they, you know, they, they had did, they had yeah. something. They had they did they did the my they did the my fight, but they did like a preview show after that too. But right, but they, but you know, like when they do the road to Pacquiao and Bradley, that went on for like two three weeks. You know, yeah. they showed yeah. it. So you know what I'm saying? They, they didn't have that. So it, um, I thought the fight would do, you know, I thought I, I think I told you, I thought the fight would do anywhere between 225 and 250. That's what I was, uh, yeah, that's what I was aiming at, yeah. Yeah, I was 225 to 250. But it, it, it goes to show that, uh, and then I think I, I even talked to people that said they went to the bar and, you know, the bar, certain bars wasn't even, I think, matter of fact, that might have been you. That said there was yeah, a, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was just, just going to tell you that. There were 10, my, you know, one, one, of my, uh, one of my friends went to, I think he went to like five, six different bars because he's a, like a casual, 
But, like, you know, he was getting it from – because I was telling him, like, three weeks prior, I'm like, you got to see this, you got to see this. And he went to every single bar in in South Florida, and there's a plenty of sports bars here. You know, we're it's the home of the Miami Heat, home of the Miami Dolphins, right. Miami Hurricanes. There's a lot of sports going on down here. None of the bars were picking it up. None of them. Because and, – and not to get sidetracked, but working – you know, I used to DJ at this at this one major sports bar uh, around the area here, and I found out how you, the whole you 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 there are you there R O D? You there? I'm here. I'm here. Here, good. Yeah, I'm here. Keep talking. Uh, all right, I've been here for like ten minutes. Keep going. Oh my bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to you. Uh, after we're talking about you know the 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 pay per view numbers surfacing for uh, uh, Kovalev War, but you know the point I was making was. Uh, I used to work at, at this one spot that that you know where I used to DJ Fridays and Saturday nights, but they would host, you know, the, the UFCs and and some boxing cards. But when I, when I ended up finding out, and I and I asked the guy because I was trying to do an event like these these boxing events where you know they would host the fight and then like I would DJ from like you know after the fight till like four in the morning. But what I ended up finding out was that the bars would have to they would they were charged per TV and in the spot oh, I was wow. in in the spot I was in we they had over 30 some odd TVs and the UFC a lot of people don't know this but they have some type of deal that they work out with the cable companies where if you order the allotted amount through the year you get like a heavy 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 rebate and that's what the owner of the spot was telling me. He's like, listen, man, we can't order these boxing matches because we'd have to charge 30 ahead at the door, and they don't charge anybody coming in for any of those UFCs with, for them paying half of the dollar. So I was like, wow. So then I, I thought about it. I'm like, that, that makes sense why these spots aren't picking it up. But, but, they, you know, but the spot that I DJed at, they picked up Mayweather Pacquiao because I mean that was a no brainer. But it's it's kind of the unfortunate side of how the pay per view paradigm kinda of is right now, where this is a fight that people should have been there watching. I also made the mention that this fight as well, they should have had the option for online purchases. In two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. man, you gotta have the options for that. Top rank did it, Golden Boy did it. Like I, I bought Cotto versus Martinez fifty bucks on, on Top Rank's feed, and and it came in 1080p, no problem. Hooked it up to my TV, everything was good. For a fight like this, man, I'm I'm put it this way, man. I would I would have gotten this fight because I don't have cable. I managed to watch it, but none of the places here were showing the fight. Everybody I know, most of the people I know don't have cable, and. Had they had the option to pay fifty bucks to buy it, of course I would have done it. They dropped the ball there too. Um, to, to, before I pass it to ROD, I, I, I think that the, the thing with Rock Nation that sometimes we get a little bit confused with, they're one of the top sports agencies in sports today, but that doesn't necessarily parlay into them being a top boxing promoter. And Outside of Miguel Cotto, who, mind you, was already a name before he got into Rock Nation, David Iskowitz, who's the guy who, who's like the head of boxing for for Rock Nation, like I don't know if like they need to like appoint somebody else 
or they need to put together a better marketing strategy for their bigger fights. I mean, look, we got it like Rickendall, who, you know, we'll talk about in a little while as it relates to Lomachenko, but this guy's fought twice in two years. You know, and there's, there's no there's no promotion. There's no, I mean, there's nothing. Nothing like They do a bad job of, um, like, uh, from what Kathy Duke was saying and from a few people that I've actually talked to, uh, A.C. Clark and them, other promoters, they actually do a bad job with, with deals. Like, remember there was a deal that they made to fight at T-Mobile, then they tried to change it to Madison Square Garden. Right. You remember that? Yeah, so it's like, you know, that can kind of scare people who, Oh, wait. That's true. R- R.O.D., are you still there? Yo, yo. Yeah, I'm still here. Keep talking. I'm still here. No, I was saying, no. So, I mean, what do you, uh, what's your take on, I mean, we, we, I think we were all on the same boat as far as, you know, thinking this fight wasn't going to be big on pay-per-view. But um, how do you, what, what do you think that they could do better the second time around? Because, I mean, I think it's, the call is there for a rematch. I mean, mainly from us. But what can they do better to, you know, really put this more on the forefront? I mean, we're not ex- I'm not expecting millions of pay-per-view buys, but the second time around, like, what can they do better to promote the fight? I mean, they can really <clears> – <throat> first of all, the one thing they can do is – well, let's go like this. Anytime you have a rematch on anything um, – okay, let's, let me, let's put the car in reverse a little bit further. Any time you have a fight that's still being talked about almost two weeks later, okay, and there's an outcry, I mean, even our show where we have a policy, you know, just so the, to, you know, the listeners know um, where we kind of like don't want to beat a dead horse because, you know, we, we don't want to get reported to the Humane Society. It just really and truthfully shows you that there's probably a market in a niche for these people to run it back. So with that being said, <clears throat> it's still being talked about. People are still, you know, looking at their scorecards, you know, checking their lists, you know, you know, finding out what's going on. So there is going to be a, a demand for a part two. I think so much more so than Pacquiao and Mayweather, believe it or not, from true boxing fans and people that watch the fight, whatever your vested interest is. So that's number one. So I think that it's going to do better the second time around just because of the buzz that's received. It's on front of Yahoo Sports. You know, controversy or robbery, it was, it was that. The other thing is, is that what they can do to really do better, you know, I mean, you know, you did, you know, you, you did sort of kind of the, like the, the My Life, the bootleg 24-7, um, you, 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 you know, Andre Ward, we know, this is probably one of his first few times or not, you know, his first time fighting outside of Oakland. So, you know, he's a pound for pound, but not really a known name, you know, other than, you know, true boxing fans. You have Kovalov who beat Bernard Hopkins, so he kind of has a name. But with that being said, what's going what's gonna to really sell this fight is just controversy. I mean, you know, they always say that controversy, sex, all this stuff sells. So you have yourself a controversy, not a robbery controversy. Everybody and their mom is chiming. Everybody thinks they're Jim Lampley, Larry Merchant, Roy Jones, Lennox Lewis, George Foreman, Max Kellerman. Everybody thinks they're that. So what's winding up happening is there's so much disparity in terms of the judging, that controversy right there is going to create the buzz. So that's number one. It's going to be bigger 
than the first fight. Now, is it going to be 500,000 views or buys? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. And the reason why I don't know about that is simply because, you know, from a consumer perspective, you know, people can, can talk about boxing when they want, but from a consumer perspective, you know, without calling anybody names out, you know, we've, you know, we've all become smarter and wiser that, hey, you know, you guys will put up a Pacquiao-Vargas, which we knew was a mismatch to begin with, or, you know, a Pacquiao and Bradley 3, and we'll go crazy over that. You know, obviously, because Pacquiao's star power, but a fight that like this that needs to do is due diligence, you know, for all boxing fans, you know, you can't even get close to 200, you know, you can't even get 300,000 buys. So, you know, I think the consumers have become a little bit more savvier, a little bit more smarter, and it's a shame because it's not because Kovalov and Ward deserved more intention and more buys than what they got, but it is a it's basically a byproduct of the bad cards they've been putting together years past, months past. You know, we actually fed in the, the Floyd Mayweather and Baltimore. You know, we bought that crap. You know what I mean? Like, there were fights that deserved our attention. And the fights that didn't deserve our attention, we actually bought. Now, Pacquiao, Floyd, Floyd, De La Hoya, Floyd Canelo, Tyson Holyfield, De La Hoya, Trinidad were all top sellers. If you look on the pay-per-views, they deserved it. That was a star power. Unfortunately, we can blame Andre Ward. We can blame... Um, you know, uh, uh, Kovalov, but the bottom line is for me, if I'm a network, I'm trying to, my whole agenda is to make sure I get more people to watch the fight. That is the bottom line. I don't think it's the fighter's prerogative or agenda to go out and say, hey, let me go urinate in the corner and during the weigh-in so everybody can tune in and watch it. I don't think we need to be like that. I think that People need to come in with their style. Andre Ward needs to be the best Andre Ward that he can be. He needs to come to that fight. Kovalov needs to be the best Kovalov he can be. He needs to come into that fight. This is why we wanted them to fight. They don't need to do anything extra. I really believe that it's just, you know, HBO, you know, it's really their responsibility. Stop putting out crappy cards, okay? Start marketing the fights that deserve to be marketed. Example. Lomachenko and rig it out. I don't know how you make that fight happen. Make it happen, okay? Make some good fights happen. Put the back around it. Cut the bull crap with the bad fights, and you're going to have a great atmosphere where the desire is there. Where the desire is there. But if you, you know, but if we're not doing fights where we get, what more do you want? And I'll show up after this. What more do you want? Two fighters in their prime. Two fighters are basically undefeated, and they're fighting on a big network. That's not Andre Ward's fault. That has nothing to do with his fan-friendly style. No one cares about that crap. The reason why they wanted him to fight Kovalov is because he's been a puzzle and a mystery for years. No one has been able to beat him. Andre, you know, Sergey Kovalov. No one wants him to become a boxer all of a sudden. He was this killer. You should remain a killer. That's what you are. It is HBO's responsibility to market. So that right there, to me, is a byproduct of the bull crap that HBO's been putting out for years. People buying, you know, not meat, just buying a bunch of fat and bones, you know, not buying meat. And then when you have a meaty fight, 
They don't know what to do with it. I bet you if that fight was on Showtime, it would, you know, somebody would find a better way to market that fight. It has nothing to do with Rock Nation and all this. I mean, HBO was showing the fight. They had to find a better way to promote these fights. Stop putting these, you know, stop putting bullcrap on these networks. Stop making the stuff pay-per-view. Put some better stuff together, a better product. You know, we've seen better fights on Showtime that were non-pay-per-view, okay, than the stuff that HBO's been putting out there. And you and consumers have been buying it. This is why we have these streaming boxes and, you know, you get people mad at, oh, stop streaming, stop streaming. Well, stop putting up bullcrap. Start and start giving the people when 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 two powerhouses come together. I don't care if you like Andre Ward. I don't care if you like Koval. I don't care if you like Trump. I don't care if you like Hillary. I don't care what you like. The reason why you wanted to watch this fight is because they have two contrasting styles. You wanted them to be the best that they can be. We're not going to change them. Everything else needs to change, and that's the bottom line. Let the fighters fight. Let them come in and be the best fighter they can be, and everybody else needs to change what they're doing. Heck, you and I can market that. We could do a better job marketing this fight, to be honest. So I'll rest my case. Well, yeah, HBO has had uh, their reputation, I mean, this year has like kind of like been going down the toilet, man. I mean, in relation to like the abundance of fights that they haven't put on or maybe the lack thereof. And meanwhile, you know, you, when you look at Showtime <laughs> and you look at the slew of fights they have for the first quarter of next year, man, you know, the, the joke is right now that, that HBO is, is like playing like even third fiddle to them because outside of Golovkin and Canelo, who, you know, we are all on the boat that, you know, these guys are not going to fight till like sometime next, next fall. What, how do you fill that up? You know, I think I agree. Like, I said following this fight that they got to strike while the iron's hot. And being that, particularly coming off of this weekend, where I, you know, I, I want to assume, hopefully, that there, there was a high viewership for this fight based on people like us that were telling other people, you need to see this fight. And, and I think you know, that, that could begin them rolling out, you know, say, damn, you know, we, we got to really attack this. On, on top of the fact that, like I just said, look, at, I mean, you look at the fights that Showtime just put out, and there isn't, like, one bad link out of all those fights. I mean, I could go down the line. DeGale, Jack, Frampton, Santa Cruz, too. You, you got Danny and Thurman that might end up on CBS. You know, we got Mikey Garcia, and I forgot, I forgot the guy's name. He's fighting at 135. He's the, 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 the WBC champ. Um, Dijon, they, Dijon Solitin. Right, Dijon right, right. Solitin. And, 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 I mean, you have that fight, and then, and then we got, and then we got the, the doubleheader next month, I mean, next week. So, with HBO, man, I mean, you know, there's no secret that, you know, they've been having their, their budget woes or what have you, but it's like, look, man, you're competing with Showtime, and Showtime's kicking your ass right now. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I think they, they really, they, they need to really, really invest in this rematch because, again, man, they can't put all their marbles on Canelo Triple G because, man, like, for all we know, that might not happen next year, man. So for them, they need to figure out a way to say, you know what, we got to package this, we got to really put it out there to the masses and, and make this a big fight, man. The, the, re- the remedy, I mean, I mean, the recipe's there. 
outside of both of these guys, even coming out of this fight, like, though Ward got the W, like, I don't think Kovalev lost much stock at all because of the fact that, like, we're, you know, people are still arguing about the fight. It wasn't like Ward whitewashed him or Kovalev whitewashed him where it was like, oh, wow, you know, th- this is a stupid fight. No, man, like, we're, even us, man, we're still talking about this fight two weeks later, even beyond, like, the pay-per-view numbers, you know? Um yeah, they 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 really they really need to attack this um, and, and really take advantage of the fact that this is still being talked about. And, and you know, Kathy, I don't know if it was Kathy Du, but somebody said that they're they're targeting an April rematch. Which, if that's the case, great. But uh, you know, obviously, until everything is solidified, we're not going to know. But I mean, I am in the hopes that you know they do. Um, they don't take out other interim fights or whatever. This is like the quintessential immediate rematch, and hopefully, man, they they, they package it better and and you know you know it, it comes out with better results financially hey, uh, at least on their end the second time around. Roberto, Roberto, the one thing I was going to say I'm going to say in my rant was that um, expect this fight. Although Andre Ward and Kovalev, you know, will fight each other. And it will be a rematch. We're not sure, immediate or not. But expect this fight to be in um, Oakland. I called it first. I won't be shocked. I won't be shocked. That that wouldn't shock so, me. I mean, and 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 if you think about it, you know that that would pack in. Well, it's not even going to be the Oracle Arena anymore. It's going to be the new, the, the probably the new joint, or that's probably mm-hmm. not next year. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see, man. I mean, we'll. Uh, I, I mean, the hopes this does uh, happen. I mean, I think. I mean, we have to see this whole deal with Kovalev if he's going to have surgery in his hand or not, which might prolong that. But we'll have to wait. But um, I'll uh, I'll pass it off to you, RD. We're we're going to jump right into it. This this past weekend, man, we saw the the last of the big you know the big months of boxing that we had in November, man, and. Uh, this is one that we, I think, collectively were waiting to see for a better part of a year when we were kind of hearing about the hinting of this, you know, it, it was supposed to happen maybe sooner and, you know, money was, you know, I don't think was right or whatever. But we finally got it. Vasily Lomachenko, Nicholas Walters, two undefeated. Uh, another situation like this, uh, you know, like, you know, we, what we just talked about with Ward and Kovalev and... <laughs> I'll pass it off to you. Uh, give me your thoughts as far as what transpired. Um, well, just that, because there's other things I want to, you know, discuss as far as uh, Lomachenko is concerned. But just give me your thoughts on the fight, the outcome, and, well, really, yeah, <laughs> the outcome that, you know, I don't think any of us, maybe except you, R.O.D., <laughs> didn't see yeah, coming. So, like, what, what, did, what, did, yeah. what did you what did you think? So if anybody remember last week, Everybody remember last year I had Lomachenko very high on my pound for pound list, and um, uh, you know Chikolito as well. Um, and everybody looked at me like I had twelve heads. And I'll never forget one of my cousins, um, you know from South Philly. He he watches boxing, and he said to me, "Gary Russell is the man." And I said, "Listen, he loved Gary Russell and Broner way back in the day." And I said, which is like two three years ago. And I told him, I said, "Listen." I said, he's fighting a guy, man, that this guy ain't no joke, man. He had over 300 professional fights. Only lost one. Oh, man, Gary Russell's a man. He made Gary Russell look ordinary. It was so bad, Gary Russell started to blame his trainer. He fired his trainer after that fight, said he had him doing the wrong stuff. 
And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my goodness, man. Like, you got your behind kick, like, bad. And it was the same thing I saw when when Walters, everybody was going crazy over Walters. And, you know, he's just looking at these awkward punches. Now, mind you, he knocked out 21 people. But I was looking at these awkward punches that he was throwing. And I was just saying to myself, you know, there there's no way that he's going to hit Lomachenko with that, which is why I said that with how limited he was last last week. If you know my prediction, I said, um, and yes, I am rubbing it in people's faces. I said that he's going to give this boy a geometry lesson. It's going to be bad, and he's going to TKO him. Not knock him out, TKO him like he's going to quit because he'll get frustrated. I, you know, I said there's just, just too much geometry, too much science with this. And lo and behold, that's what it was. I mean, again, you would expect a better fight with this type of competition, you know, and maybe the masses didn't pick it out. But if you watch enough boxing, you've seen this happen before. And not even with Bro Duran. I mean, I remember, um, what is it, Freitas? When Freitas for Chico Corrales, he was frustrated. He was like, man, I'm done. We seen Chad Dawson. Like, he, it just wasn't his night, man. He was like, man, he told the ref, man, I'm done, B. That's exactly what he told him. I'm done, B. When he fought Andre Ward, man, get me out of here. I'm done. Listen, a fighter's know when he's had enough. We want these fighters to go out on their shield sometimes, blood, sweat, and tears. You know, this is what we pay for. We want blood on our, our tuxedos and things of that caliber. Man, this guy was thoroughly outclassed from the first exchange when he was getting turned around like a turnstile. That was it for him. Because you know why? The other 20-something people that he knocked out was sitting right in front of him. And he got frustrated. And he knew inevitably that the end was going to come soon. So for me, what I saw is I saw a fighter that was frustrated from round one. That first first couple clinches when... You know, Lomachenko, which is funny, he gets his foot in the outside, he starts dictating, and he starts spinning you, and it's like, oh, crap. Now he grabs, he, he engages you, hits you, bang, 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 and spins you again. I mean, he's never seen that type of dancing, that type of rhythm before, that type of footwork. And he's like, what the heck? He had five different people talking to him. I told, I told uh, Roberto, I said, man, it's like a cafeteria in this corner. It's like a school cafeteria. Everybody's talking. So... You had a situation, man, where this guy was thoroughly outclassed. It's not his fault. He is very limited. What do you expect him to do against a guy that's had a championship pedigree? I told you guys before, he's a loaded deck. You know, you look at his record and you say, man, he's not experienced. But if you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you're like, oh, crap. He's had more amateur fights than people have had professional amateur fights put together. So my point is that what did what did everybody expect? Did everybody expect that? Did anybody expect that woman that um, Walter was going to land anything crazy? I didn't. Did anybody expect that this fight was going to go crazy where there was going to be some bloodbath and a crazy exchange? I didn't. Did anybody expect that Womanchenko um, was going to get knocked down? I didn't. So when all that stuff didn't work, the best thing this guy could do was just quit. And he was it wasn't that he quit, like he wasn't giving any effort. He was he's limited. What else do you want him to do? He was getting his butt kicked from every clinch, from every time Womachenko decided to pivot and turn him. Everything. 
it just wasn't his night. And inevitably, it was going to happen very, very soon. So, you know, again, props to him for getting in a ring with him and trying to make it happen, but he tried. He just couldn't make it happen. Now, if you guys wanted to see him get knocked out, you know, then, you know, that's more power to you. But I personally thought that this was going to, if anything, although I picked TKO and I picked it in this fashion, I could could have seen that fight going 12 rounds just the way it happened, just the way it happened right there. Because you're just dealing with a guy that has great IQ and another guy that's just interested in really just coming in and, and, and just using power and not science to knock somebody out. And Steve said it best last week, and I've always said it. I'm going to pick a boxer, you know, over a puncher, you know, seven out of ten percent of the time. So I think that what we saw was just basically what it was. It was elementary. We saw a great all-around boxer puncher versus a hard-hitting, you know, limited but good fighter. And when he met that, when he met that Mr. Miyagi, you know, he he couldn't do anything about it. It, it just wasn't his night. He, he just couldn't do anything about it. So I'm not mad about it. I mean, I know other people are. I'm not mad about it because I really believe that if you would have looked at the style, the contrast of styles, you kind of knew that this was going to come anyway. I think a lot of the times when Walters are fighting people, these people were sitting ducks right in front of them. Yeah. Bo, did you... Were you, were you surprised at, like, the ease that Lomachenko, like, literally outclassed Walters in this fight? No. No. I'm going to tell you why. I said on um, our podcast, uh, uh, and, and they gave me props for it. I said, I picked Lomachenko, and I said, Lomachenko is not the kind of guy you fight uh, with his skill set and you haven't, had, you haven't been active. You cannot fight a Lomachenko and you're not active. Now, even if Nicholas Walters, okay, um, by me being a, a former amateur fighter and, and just who my personality is, I do, I've, I'm not like big on guys who quit. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not crucifying him for it. I'm just like, well, okay, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't particularly like the fashion of, of which he did, okay? Um, I didn't like that. But I knew something else that gave it away to me was when I saw the purse of the fight, and Lomachenko got a million, he got 300K. And I said then, I said, I questioned Nicholas Warner's motivation. I said, I questioned his motivation to fight because he's not getting the money that we know he was offered before. And it kind of feels like he just took this fight. He hadn't fought in a year. It feels like that maybe Uncle Bob punished him for not taking the money he should have taken the first time. And then he just took the money, took the fight, and it kind of confirmed it for me when he started laying out the excuses afterwards. I was inactive. I was inactive. And, and again, I, I'm one of those people that, hey, you know what, when you sign that dotted line, I don't want to hear the excuse because you knew you was inactive when you took this fight. So don't give me right. an act, okay? And then I think a month before the fight, uh, there was a picture of him, and he looked like he wasn't really ready to fight weight. But to all of these points, I wasn't surprised at all because I said this. I said, you can't fight a guy like Lomachenko with that skill set who is starting to turn the corner. Uh, if you look at, I think, Jason Sosa, after he fought um, Nicholas Walters, that was the best thing for him because 
You look at Jason Sosa now, he's starting to turn that corner. So when you when, when you look at a Lomachenko, he's starting to turn that corner, and it's like two cars. One car has a stop sign and one car has a red light. And the car at the stop sign, he's going. But the car at the red light, he's just sitting watching the car, the car at the stop sign just going and going and going. And he's just sitting at the red light. That's what we saw. Nicholas Walters had, you know, you can't fight a guy like Lomachenko. You know, Lomachenko's Ferrari. Nicholas Walters came in, and he was like a, a pinto. And I'm watching this fight, and I'm like, from from Jump Street, I'm like, he's not even he's not even establishing dominant position. He's allowing he's allowing Lomachenko to have foot position, but you know, lefty versus righty. He's allowing Lomachenko to have foot position, so that's why Lomachenko is able to spin and turn him. Because now you're allowing this guy to have foot position. When when Walters had success, I think it was one round. He threw two good punches to the body, and that only came because again he established dominant foot position. Okay, but when he he never once tried to throw the straight right hand. That's the number one punch that works for you when you're facing a lefty. The straight right hand. He never tried to put it out there. He never gave Lomachenko nothing to worry about. And Lomachenko is one of those fighters that when you give him nothing to worry about, he's like a train. He's gonna go and go and go and go and go, and I was one that was, I tweeted, this fight's not going to go 12 rounds. Five seconds after the tweet, they, they're stopping the fight. I was not shocked at all. I saw it in his face. He was defeated. I saw it in his face walking back to his corner. I saw it after the first round. Like you said, everybody in his corner is talking to him. And I go back to the Andre Ward fight. The only person that spoke to Andre Ward after that knockdown was Virgil Hunter. He made sure everybody shut the hell up while he talked to his fighter. That didn't happen in the Walters fight. You had too many people talking to him, and what happens every time we see a fight where too many people is talking to you in the corner, what happens? The fight is confused. He don't know what to do. He's listening to too many voices. He got too many people in his head, and he goes out there, and guess what? He don't know what to do. Why? Because he has, he has too, too much on his mind. And in a, in a situation like that, this was bound to happen. I still feel even if he had been active, uh, Nicholas Walters was not going to beat Lomachenko. It probably would have made it more interesting, but he still wasn't going to beat Lomachenko, all right? Even if he had been active, he wasn't going to beat Lomachenko because just like you said, he beat an Onido Donaire that was already pre-defeated because of what happened to Guillermo Rigo, and he beat a Darchinian who had already got blasted by Nonito Donaire. So in sort of in a sense, Nicholas Walters himself had, like, really been tested, like, you know, that way. And what do I always say, Roberto? Boxing is 90% 90 mental, 10% physical, and I always question guys' mental state of mind. And Nicholas Walters, he showed us mentally he checked out. And that's the only thing that bothers me was, you know, mentally he kind of checked out. I'm not upset that he quit. Um, I don't particularly like it, but then again, you know what, if a fighter decides to do it, that's their cross to bear. All right? But – we uh, I agree with all of these. When he realized that there is completely nothing I can do, and I'm just not going to continue getting beat on, once he's made that up in his mind, that was it. What we saw was bound to happen. Now, again, even if Lomachenko, I didn't expect Lomachenko to, to look um, that awesome, you know, and, and make it look that easy. I, I, I did expect him to win. I did expect him to dominate. But um, 
I give him all the credit in the world. And, you know, I would like to see him uh, face, you know, like, you know, Jorge Linares or Mikey Garcia, Robert Easton Jr. Those are some great fights for him that's coming up. And even in those fights, you still have to look at, you know, Lomachenko's skill set, and you just realize that, man, you know, this guy, you know, he, he has – uh, he has great potential. I think those fights I named will be some very good, uh, you know, you're at this boy even. I think those fights will be some very good fights for him. But to anybody who, who, was, who, who was shocked at what they saw, I, I don't understand why. Because if you watch Nicholas Walters, he never exuded anything great from Jump Street, you know, that made, that made me think that fighting a Lomachenko he was going to do anything. He was a, you know, he was a great body. He was a hard puncher that was a, you know, that pushed hard to the body. And that always worked for him. When one time it didn't work for him, we saw what happened. And like I already said, hardcore boxing guys like myself, we're always going to pick the boxer. 80% of the time, I'm going to pick the boxer over the puncher any day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm on the same boat uh, as far as, you know, picking the boxer over the puncher. You know, obviously there, there's some exceptions, but, I mean, in a case like this, going into the fight, man, I, I had made mention, like you had said, that Nicholas Walters got the stigma off of knocking out two guys that were really blown up bantamweights, Darchinian and Donaire, you know, um, and – and I think with the Jason Sosa fight, though, you know, you could, I mean, I think a lot of people believe he won that fight. I think we saw that that punching power wasn't really there like how it was at featherweight where he was just sucking down to make featherweight. And, you know, he even missed weight and lost his belt at the scale against uh, Mariaga. So adding that, you know, you look at Lomachenko, man, and I, I think he's a guy where – you have the detractors that are still looking at the Salido fight, and they're like, you know, they they looked at that fight and said, well, man, you know, he got roughed up in that fight, so Nicholas Walters will be able to do more because he's a, you know, a quote-unquote bigger puncher, a, you know, a quote-unquote better boxer. But what people are starting to realize with Vasily Lomachenko, man, is this guy has, like R.O.D. says, man, he's a loaded deck. He's got the full clip, shot to Gangstar. He is a guy that he's bringing like a whole table, like his, his arsenal is laid out on the table, man. It's not like one little piece or, or like in this case, you know, with no pun intended, you know, he just didn't bring an ax to the table, man. <laughs> he, he's got a, a 22, he's got a 38, he's got a little Uzi on the corner, and I, I, I think with, with, with just the overall foot speed, man, the, the footwork, the combinations, the angles, um, being able to read the body language, man, which is like – I mean, that goes, that goes into the mental side of things where, you know, very few fighters in like recent times that I've been able to see, man, have that ability where they can read a fighter's, you know – like almost be like two, three steps ahead of what they're going to do. And I think it was round three or round four. Um, there, was a, there was this little exchange that, that – or this little set of combinations that Lomachenko threw. And Nicholas Walters is like on the cor- – he, he's against the ropes, like not to the back, but he's just like leaning to the side. And that was like when I first noticed him, yo, this dude is, a, is like a deer in headlights. 
he he has no idea what to do. And you made the point, uh, Bo, about you had had uh, one corner at one point was speaking Spanish to him. Then his pops got on him and was like, you know, telling him this, that, and the third. And when you see things like that, man, you know things are not going very well in the corner, man. <laughs> and and I think the fact that you know he he was inactive. And I do agree, man. I, I think whether he, he was active or not active, I think this fight would have likely played the same way. And I think if, the, if, if he didn't quit and they let the fight go, I think that the fight was about to be over in the next couple of rounds because you started to see Lomachenko like slowly but surely found his way. You know, like early on, you know, he, he, he was, you know, getting the feel for what Walters was trying to do and – and once he figured out, man, that, like, he didn't have even plan A, he, it was a wrap. And I think the, the, the shock for me was just in the notion of, like, you know, Momachenko was starting to clip him a bit, and, but, you know, he, had, he didn't drop him. You know, he wasn't busted up or anything. But, I mean, I think this was a clear-cut case of a guy that literally said – I. I'm gonna get. I'm eventually gonna get knocked out. I I don't need to take this, and he just he just flat out quit. He's like I I you know I don't need to deal with this anymore. And then even after the fight, you know he's mentioning you know he was inactive in the whole night. But like there's videos of him in the back with Lomachenko, and mind you, they were very respectful to each other like during the whole course of the you know the lead up of the fight or whatever. But like he's in the back telling people, yo. This, he was doing this, this, and that to me, man. I couldn't do anything. I haven't seen that. Like, I don't think I've seen that like, in recent times where like, the, a guy just said, yo, like, you are just that much better than me. I couldn't do anything. Um, look, Lomachenko, man, he, he – <laughs> you, you, I mean, you said it best, Bo. I mean, he's starting to turn that corner, man. And I think we forget a lot of times, like, like you know, to credit you, R.O.D., we look at his – most people will look at his record and say, yeah, but come on, man, because, you know, we're, we're mystified by that O. You know, but I make the mention of Roberto Duran. Before he beat Sugar Ray Leonard, he had a loss. He, he avenged it. But, you know, we, you, the, the, the record can be very deceiving, man. But with the – I mean, even beyond the eye test <laughs> – Vasily Lomachenko is going to be a very, very, very difficult guy to beat, and we forget that this guy is only like still twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Man, we don't but know you know, how me, much. But you know, let me ask you guys this. Go ahead, yeah, so, okay, what I'm going to say is, here's the thing that, that and I all these test upon this, and I'm going to bring up some fighters: um, Floyd, Andre Ward, Rigo, um, Lomachenko, and Usyk. That extensive amateur background. That longest system mm-hmm. amateur background. And what guys got to understand is Andre Ward was part of the international team, which means he traveled to country fighting. Same thing with Rigo, mm-hmm. Panama Games, same thing with Usyk, same thing with Lomachenko. And mm-hmm. the reason I bring that up is when these guys fight like this and they travel like this, they, they're used to being in the hostile territory. They've seen every style there is to mm-hmm. see. The only reason why Orlando Salido beat Lomachenko was two reasons. A, number one, you can't fight the way Orlando Salido fought in the amateurs. Otherwise, you'd be disqualified. So he had to adjust to that. And number two, and I'm going to say this, that fight took place in Texas. If that fight took place anywhere else, that referee 
would have called those fouls on Orlando Yeah, yeah I forgot about where the fight was. <laughs> yeah, it was in Texas, and he came in overweight and everything. And that guy, and I, said that, I said that, and I got crucified about my boy. Shout out to my man 2K. He crucified me, but I said it. But, you know, you, the way Orlando Sr. fought, you, you don't fight like that amateurs. And when somebody brought it up to me, I told him, I said, Lucas Walters don't even fight like Orlando Slater. That's why I, I'm not even worried about it. And now that Lomachenko has seen it, he's one of those fighters. So now that he's seen it, he knows to do, to do it. Because if you notice in the clinches, when uh, uh, Walters tried to hit him, and Lomachenko would pop Walters back. He, he, he was giving back what he was getting. So yeah, yeah. When, you, when you got guys like that with that long, extensive amateur background, they've seen every style there is to see. So there are guys that don't need to watch a lot of tape on you because they already know whatever you do, I already know what to do against it because I've seen it already. That's why, like, you know, they're successful at, you know, early. Like Floyd won a title in his 16th fight. Um, Ward won a title early. Rigo won a title early. Lomachenko, Usyk. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why they do that because they've already seen it. They're not worried about it. Right. Yeah, and, that's I, I mean, I, and that's what I said. That's what I said before, and I said in a mini telecast that we had. Um, and you know, shout out to the great Emmanuel Stewart. He always judges people and their success, fighters and their success, over this extensive amateur background he has. So if you always hear me say that, it's because I've heard Emmanuel Stewart say that. Rest in peace. Years, years, years ago, when he talks about fighters, because I think. There's two things we do, and this is why I say I get mad at boxing fans and casuals as well. The first thing you do is you judge somebody off of their record. And that can be misleading, and it can be deceiving. Like, if you look at Glenn Johnson, you'll judge him off of those nine losses, but you'll never peel back the layers of the onion, which is like my favorite term, and you'll say, wow, all those losses were pretty much close besides the Bernard Hopkins one. You know, they could have went either way. But you'll sit here and say he sucks. And then when he knocks out and he's, like, on a winning streak, you're like, oh, crap. He's actually pretty decent. The same thing with, like, a lot of these people that have padded victories. You'll say, oh, he's great. Joe Messi's one of them. You know, and then he starts fighting somebody that's really good, and he's like, yo, like, are you serious? I thought he was great. And it's like, you guys fall into these these numbers. I understand that. And some of the numbers do you know, basically are a great prelude to how great somebody is. But in the case of Lomachenko, this is why I was saying that he's a loaded deck. All everybody's going to do is looking, they're going to go to box rec and they're going to look up the record or they're going to read some article and say, oh, this guy only has six professional fights, seven professional fights. And then I'm sitting there looking and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. When he fought, I think he fought on a, didn't he fight on a Manny? Did he fight in the Man- Manny and Bradley undercard or the Manny and Floyd undercard? Man, he fought he won- Manny, and, Manny and Floyd card. It okay. was the first fight. And I, and I told somebody, I said, yo, man, this cat is a G. Man, he only got time. He only got such and such a wins. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. I was talking to a casual fan. I forgot I was talking to. I was pissed off. Then when, I, when, when he was sitting there watching, he's like, you know what? He's pretty decent. And that's what I'm saying. You, Everybody has to start doing the investigative work. Stop judging people off your records. You know, start realizing, like Bo said, when you peel back the later onions and you find out these guys have an extensive amateur background. So a lot of this stuff that you guys are talking about, oh, this guy hits hard and he does this, doesn't really fool anybody because they've seen this type of style before. They've been here before. They've done it before. 
and, you know, they know how to make adjustments. So, again, man, I would venture to say that when we talk about Lomachenko, we're not talking about an average fighter. It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with anything else other than the fact that if you start looking, I don't look at Wikipedia. I don't care. Find out the fact that when you look at there, you'll say, Dag, this cat got 300 amateur fights, mm-hmm. which is more than what people have professionally and amateur-wise together. So you don't go 299 in one as an amateur, okay? No, he, was really, really... he was 390-1. I'm sorry? He was 390-1. That's crazy. That's crazy. Come on, man. He had almost 400 amateur fights, 390-1. Yeah, you don't, you don't go close to 400 fights, man, with one loss, man. That makes... Listen, you can't duplicate that. You can't duplicate that. So at the end of the day, again, you know, I just hope that, you know, as fans, we do our due diligence. You know, let's start, let's stop, you know, looking and listening to people. Let's start researching and saying, hey, you know what, this guy ain't halfway bad. YouTube is out here. Let's start doing the eye test, as Roberto said and as Bo said. When we start doing it, you'll realize, man, this guy ain't half bad. It ain't got nothing to do with code. This guy have bad, you know. And now what I'm going to hear now is two things we're going to hear, and this is what I want to bring up. You're going to hear, because I've seen the meme, oh, he should have he should afford him the way that or, or Salido afford him. Salido had a very, I wouldn't say lucky night. He had a very, no pun intended, a very rough night. It's just the way he fights. You know, it is what it is. But the next thing you want to hear, I'm telling you, the I know this is coming soon. There's going to be a fight where Lomachenko may not, you know, TKO a guy, and and it may be a little bit more of a technical match because people forget that he is technical and watch you going to say, oh, he fights boring. That's the next thing I know is coming. I know that's coming. So you heard it here. It's coming soon. It is going to come soon. You're going to read it on the thread. You know it's going to come. Oh, Lomachenko is boring. If he had, if he doesn't knock the next person out or doesn't outclass him like he did Walters, it, that is coming soon, and that's and that is a shame. It's going to be the biggest travesty, man. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I think now, I mean, now now that you know he's he's beating Walters in the fashion that he's beating him, I mean, I think now is really um, the next course of action. And 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 Bo was mentioning guys, you know, at lightweight right now. Uh, there's this talk of Francisco Vargas who holds the WBC title. There's uh, Jose Pedraza who I think is probably next to Jerzeo um, Corrales is like, you know, probably the lower tier of the champions. But uh, I, I, I mean, the thing, the thing about Vasily Lomachenko at this point, man, and, and again, we we understand. <laughs> how the HBO machine works too. And we know that, you know, they have their own agendas and Bob Arum has his own agendas and such because, you know, we still got Rigandau that's calling for this fight to happen at a catch weight. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say like, I don't believe that fight ever happens. I think that, I think the weight is just too much of a disparity now where, you know, Rigandau, me seeing him in person, uh, he's a blown up bantamweight. You know, he could fight at 118 tomorrow night. 
and, and won't have any problems making weight. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because, you know, both, you know, Bo and I, you know, we're Cubanos and everything, and it's like we want to see him uh, be at a, in a, at a higher plateau or in a higher position than he's in. But I think realistically – Anywhere from 130 to 135 is the trajectory of where Lomachenko is really going to be at. Now, let me also add this, and me and ROD and Coltrane were talking about this immediately following the fight. The name of Manny Pacquiao has been coming up, okay? And on the surface, right now, it sounds far-fetched, right? But and just like I told the, told the guys Saturday, Eight years ago, there was a little fight that came out of nowhere by the name of Manny Pacquiao and Oscar De La Hoya. That many of us were like, why is this fight even happening? Come on, man. Like, De La Hoya is, granted, like, he's at the end, but he's too big. You know, Pacquiao is, at best, a lightweight, junior lightweight. And we saw what happened. <laughs> Not to compare as far as how it would, that fight would play out, but I don't think it is that far out of the realm of happening next November. And the reason for that is because we all know, number one, <laughs> both of these guys are signed to top rank. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, we, we know this is like the, the like ROD always likes to like to term, these are like the last days of school for Manny Pacquiao. Um, but, in relation to R.O.D. also mentioning he's not going to take that SAT at the last day of school, when I look at Terrence Crawford, who's been like another name attached to Manny Pacquiao, and I look at Lomachenko, when I look at both guys having the potential to fight him, I feel like at the very least Manny Pacquiao and even Freddie Roach, who's been very, very adamant without flat-out saying that he's afraid to put Manny in there, he's been pretty adamant about, like, Terrence Crawford being just a very difficult night physically for Manny Pacquiao. Now, with Lomachenko, off, on the surface, man, as far as what this man can do in the ring and the fact that Again, he's 28, 29 years old in, in, in his prime. This could be a launcher for Vasily Lomachenko if this fight were to take place at 135, 137, which have you. But at the, very, at the immediate future for Lomachenko, they're talking about him wanting to fight four times next year, which in this day and age – it isn't like something we normally see with fighters. I mean, I think if you fight three times a year, you're you're a pretty pretty active guy. I mean, the the average for a lot of these fighters that are like fighting at this level, it's like twice a year. You know, whether the springtime and the fall time, or you know maybe spring and the summer, what have you. But you know, I'm thinking at lightweight, they probably want to grab another title. You know, because Vargas has the WBC title, and you know Bob Arum saying they'll never put Vargas in there because Vargas is signed with um, with Golden Boy. You know, and you know Golden Boy hasn't been really working with anybody <laughs> uh, since this whole thing of you know we you know we want to work with everybody and so on. That that hasn't really been happening. 
But at lightweight, that can get very interesting, man, because you got, like Bo said, you got Robert Easter Jr., who's a big lightweight. He's above like 5'10", 5'11", very rangy guy. And then we got Lenares and, you know, and then Terry Flanagan, who got a win over the weekend. That's a fight I think that should be happening. And then Mikey Garcia is fighting uh, uh, Vlad's Cannon. Is that how you pronounce his name? Bo? Yeah, we're having te- technical difficulties again. Oh, yeah, it's like do, uh, Dejan, yeah, Zazentani. Okay, so that's who Mikey Garcia is fighting at the end of January. So by the end of February, man, we can have Mikey. Uh, I favor Mikey in that fight. Um, we can have him the WBC champion, Lenar is the WBA champ, Robert Easter the IBF, and Terry Flanagan the WBO. That, I mean, when you think about that division, man, that's probably one of the low-key hottest divisions in boxing right now. And that, that, that's like a little quasi-tournament you can make. And, I mean, <laughs> regardless of the Pacquiao fight even happens or not, those are very competitive fights. Um, you know, with, with uh, Lomachenko going up to 135. Now, Lomachenko, I think... He, he, you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, he fought, you know, he fights at 130 pounds. He only weighed 137 pounds the night of the fight. And ironically, he weighed more than Lomach, uh, weighed more than Walters because Walters is known as like a bigger guy. But Walters, like, he, I, I think he looked a lot bigger because he fought Nonito Donaire and Darchinian, but like, he's only like 5'7, just like, just like Lomachenko is. Um, I think I, I honestly think they they should probably just target one of the other title holders, make him a unified champion at lightweight. And I think man, I honestly think man, he can hang with these guys at lightweight too. I mean, I think maybe junior welterweight might be may, borderline pushing it, and maybe you know that could be his peak. But I think within the next couple of years, man. I mean, between like the guy like like the Flanagans and the Easter Juniors and Lenaris's, and you know you got Mikey in there, and then you'll. Gamboa is there too, man. But um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his reference. I, I don't even know who's promoting him these days. Is 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 Fifty still promoting him, or or, or that that kind of yeah. like when? Yeah, Fifty still he is right. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. So um, yeah, man. Look, Vasily Lomachenko, man. I mean, this this guy. He. I, I don't think there's any question that outside of you know the Ward Kovalev. Uh, saga. I think this is he's the biggest story in boxing right now, man. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And with HBO and with Top Rank, you know, again pushing the envelope, they're gonna try to put them in. You know, I, I would think higher marquee fights. You know, I mean, the one thing I don't want to see him in is you know against you know top fifteen guys where you know it's just gonna be. Re- because, look, man, Nicholas Walters was, what, ranked number two in the division? Or, or, or ranked number three, one of those? Uh, you know, he didn't beat he, – he didn't whitewash a, a top 15 guy, man. He, he whitewashed a top five in that division. So I think from this point, man, I mean, I think they should try to unify a title. Uh, you know, unless they want to unify all of them. But, I mean, I, I think realistically – you know, the, whether it's the Vargas fight, or even if they just want to get the Salido fight over and done with, get that rematch out of the way, uh, you know, for him to avenge that loss. Because, I mean, if they're going to keep busy next year and they can't get any guys in there, man, I mean, I think just target that fight. 
get it out of the way and you know try to scoop up another title at lightweight or junior lightweight and see you know how everything unfolds at, at lightweight where you know I think now you got a bigger guys in there and we're going to see the skill you know see how that plays out against you know bigger much bigger opposition and the guys that I just mentioned from Flanagan to to Lenares I mean these aren't you know these aren't cream puffs, you know, uh, you know, Lenars is, you know, seeming to like having, you know, this, this kind of resurgence in, in, in his career after falling short, uh, you know, Flanagan getting the knockout uh, over Cruz over the weekend and Robert Easter Jr., just a big lightweight. And, you know, Mikey's there too, man. And Mikey, you know, we forget how good this guy is too, you know? So, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, who, I mean, off the bat, like, if you were to if you were to like take his next fight realistically, like I mean, who would you want to see him in like in his next fight? Either one of you guys. I think for me, the 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 two fights that I think would be like from a stylistic standpoint and from an excitement standpoint that would be good would either be Jorge Lenata and um uh Gamboa. Um uh, Fives, like you said, Mr. Pacquiao, Pacquiao, Pacquiao hasn't been below 147 in a long time. And, and uh, he made it clear he's not going to go up uh, to 140, um, Lomachenko, right now. So I think from a stylistic standpoint and an excitement standpoint, uh, I like Jorge Leonardo as a damn boy. Uh, I think Mikey Garcia probably, if he can get back to being the Mikey Garcia, that would be that would be an excellent, great fight. But just stylistically and excitement for me, I like Jorge Linares because Jorge Linares is, 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 you know, he's slick, he moves, he has good punching power, and, you know, he throws punch from different angles, and he has a high skill set. And, um, you know, Gamboa would used to be known as the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, cyclone, the uh, Cuban cyclone. And my only thing with Gamboa is, you know, you know, he hasn't been in the ring a long time, and then we don't necessarily yeah. like, you know, he's an older Gamboa. I wish he would have been a younger one, but, you know, he still may have something left in the tank. So that would from that would definitely be a good fight uh from a stylistic standpoint and an exciting standpoint right now for me. What about you, R O D? For me right now, I would have to agree with Bo. I mean, you know I mean do do you really want to see him fight, you know, Corrales, Vargas or, or you know, Jason Souza? I mean you 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 know, you want to probably see him run it back with with Orlando, you know, Orlando Salido, and you know, obviously for me, you know, it probably be move up because I think that he has the skill set to move up, and it's not like he's a small guy for that division. So again, it would just be what Bo said, you know, Jorge Linares, you know, um, maybe a, a, a Terry Flanagan, you know, some some of those guys, man. I think that he would do. Very well, you know. You know, I guess you could throw Mickey Bay in there. Robert Easter, um, let that marinate for a second, you know. But I think for the most part, you know that 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 would be pretty much where I would want to see him. You know, I would want to see him against the Lenares, against the Flanagan, you know, if he moves up. But other than that, you know, just kind of run it back with, you know, Orlando Salido, especially after, you know, the um the memes that were going out this weekend. I, I just kind of, 
you know, the Internet is so mean. I just kind of just want him to just kind of shut these guys up, man, and, um, you know, kind of move on, man, you know, kind of move on after that and and, and uh, let's just get on to bigger and better things. I think the Manny Pacquiao thing, you know, again, I talked to some casuals about it, and, you know, the first thing they say is, oh, man, Manny would kill him. Manny would kill him, not knowing that, like you said, this is like kind of like, um, you know, deja vu over, it's kind of like all over again. You know, like basically, you know, here's a situation where, you know, Manny's on his way out and, and Lomo Chico's on his way in. And, and you know, if that catch weight is made, I don't know what could happen at that point. But with that being said, I don't think that he needs to, we need to put him in with a Manny Pacquiao in order for him to be great. I think that we can continue to, you know, String him along, you know, HBO market him the right way, you know, clean out the division, run that rematch back, and, um, you know, let's move on to bigger and better things, man. But, you know, that whole thing about Bud Crawford and Manny Pacquiao, just too big, man, at this point. You know, it's just too big. So I really want him to stay in this lightweight, this super featherweight, lightweight. Let's see how that goes. But, um, you know, I think that it's kind of too premature for the uh, Bud Crawfords and the and the Manny Pacquiao's of the world right now. Yeah, I think even with Crawford, man. I mean, I think next year, Crawford's biggest fights are still ahead of him at welterweight. I mean, I I mean, I think when we talk about guys like, I mean, we still got to see Danny uh, Danny and Keith fight. But I mean, when you think about the Kell Brooks of the world. Uh, you know the the Keith, the Errol Spences, and 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 all these other guys. I mean, I think. Crawford, he's going to be out of out of junior welterweight next year. I mean, even for the postal fight, he came in 157, like almost at middleweight. Or like, I mean, if technically, you know, middleweight, like fight night weight, you know. So he, he's, you know, Buddy, Buddy ain't a small dude, man, because if you see his Instagram when he was in Miami, yo, he was looking like he was walking around like a middleweight in general, man. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think um, the thing with Lomachenko, though, I mean, when people are, you know, I, I was talking to some people earlier, and they're like, man, you know, he could go to welterweight. And I'm like, nah, dude, like, he's not doing the, the Manny Pacquiao weight class world tour, like I, I was mentioning. Like, I think <laughs> his peak is maybe, maybe, like, all right, I'll say this, right? Like, if the money, if they gave Lomachenko enough money, and, and it was, you know, a good chunk of change, like, I think... He would pre. I could see him and Manny fight at 140. Because the thing with Manny, like we forget, man. Like Manny can fight. He's another one. Like he could fight at 140 tomorrow. You know, I think he goes. He fights at 147 because I mean those are just where the fights are at for him. But if 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 there were bigger names, you know, star status names at 140. I mean, I think he can make 140 tomorrow. But and not to say that like that's gonna be like the next fight or even the following fight, but. I think if they gave Lomachenko enough money and, and the situation were right, I mean, I, that probably would be the highest he would ever go. But I'm thinking he might be like a career lightweight. And like I said, with those names I mentioned, man, like, and, and you guys mentioned too, I mean, I, those can make into like really, really good fights. That he has to about Oscar Valdez. That's another one too. I mean, I mean, he's okay. you know, obviously, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, you know, he's still at featherweight, but, I mean, I think he's going to be another guy, too. And, and and really, like, some of those other guys, too, man, they're not going to be I, – I don't think they're going to be featherweights forever. But, I mean, I, I mean, put it this way, man. If you're Carl Frampton, if you're Leo Santa Cruz, 
or any of these guys, and you're looking at that guy at 130, man, like you're probably wanting to stay at featherweight and, and handle your biz there while you still can. And look, man, even at featherweight, that's another division that, you know, a lot of us still, you know, we, we kind of like, it, it's like the, not, I would say the ugly stepchild, but it's like that division that like we, 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 we seldom talk about, but when you look at everybody there, man, uh, uh, Francis Santa Cruz is, you know, that, that, that's another rematch we're going to get on top of Valdez, you know, getting into the mix, you know, this year, you know, this coming year and, and, and such. But um, I, I think for the immediate future for, for, for Vasily Lomachenko, I mean, for me, I think you just, you target that, that Salido fight. Now Salido was supposed to have a fight this month and he got injured. I don't know what the whole situation is as far as like the fight being postponed or if they canceled it or not, but um, if it's a situation where they can make that fight, I think that should be the first immediate fight. Get that over and done with. And, and, and you know, I, I think that stigma with, with, you know, Salito, you know, beating him and having that one over him, you know, for people that are, you know, trying to be, you know, you know, trying to throw shade at Lomachenko, that would kind of shut that out, you, you know, that, and from that point on, it's sky's the limit. But um, that's, uh, I mean, I, I believe that's just, that's the show tonight, man. Uh, like I said, this weekend, Billy Joe Saunders is defending his title. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, major fights going on. I think Ashley Theophane's fighting uh, sometime this week. And, I thought uh, that Saunders fight got canceled. Which one? I thought that Saunders fight got canceled. The guy got hurt or something. Well, did turn into oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, wasn't even aware, I wasn't even aware of that, yeah, because he was still on the schedule. So, yeah, all right. Well, that, never mind. <laughs> uh, next week, you know, we're going to obviously be covering the, the big double header on Showtime that's taking place in L.A., uh, J Rock, Philly's own J Rock, Julian Williams, and Jamal Charlo. Again, two undefeated prime junior middleweights fighting. Uh, these are the fights we need, man. Uh, I think we're going to be in for a hell of a fight that night. And, you know, with the main event being Jesus Cuellar and Abner Mars, another fight that I think could be an, uh, another hell of a fight. And, you know, we're going to be, you know, leading into, uh, you know, like the, the following week with the, the, the farewell fight to Bernard Hopkins, which I'm actually going to be catching the next day because I'm going to a freestyle concert <laughs> that night with wifey and, um, you know, leading into Christmas and then, and then, you know, leading into what is going to be one heck of a first quarter, particularly for showtime uh, with all the fights uh, that that's coming about. Um, before I wrap up, man, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, man, we are on iTunes right now. Uh, our shows will be on their Wednesdays and Fridays for those who can't catch it live. Please subscribe, show support. Uh, we got some plans coming up for next year and, you know, we're going to have some more interviews and, you know, we're going to really, um, really go hard for 2017, man. And, uh, on top of that, uh, we're going to have a new segment next week on the show. Uh, me and ROD and Coltrane have been kind of hinting about it, you know, you know, between ourselves, or discussing it between ourselves, it is uh, called digging in the vaults, and you know we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, covering fights, uh, kind of in the vein of what HBO was doing with Legendary Nights, but there's a lot of boxing, a lot of fights that post that era, post that show's era. There's a lot of fights that we have that haven't been revisited, haven't discussed, and there's a lot <laughs> that we've kind of put out on the table. And we got 
a hell of a of a beginner or a volume one of this series. And we're going to have Coltrane on the line on Thursday. I'm going to hop on as well. So to uh, look tomorrow, you know, follow us on, at, uh, at uh, Guards of Grill Boxing. We're going to post it up tomorrow along with, you know, um, you know, the links to our iTunes and, you know, SoundCloud. But stay tuned for that Thursday night, 9 p.m. But uh, that is our show, man. Bo, you want to go ahead and, uh, and throw the plug for your show? Yeah, man. Always, we always want to give you guys props for for uh, helping us out with this right here, man. We had a podcast this Sunday that normally is the movement. It consists of me, my my co-pilot Bernard, aka Brave, uh, Jasper from uh, Colossal Boxing, Two K the God from the Guys of Boxing, talking Twine Levity from Rocky Mountain Boxing. It's the movement. We already had a show Sunday, but we'll be back next Wednesday. Tomorrow, me and my man, Bernard, from Truth and Facts Boxing, you can follow us and subscribe on our YouTube channel, at, uh, at, and you can follow us on Twitter at Truth underscore Facts Box 1, Instagram, Truth underscore Facts Box 1. And just like you guys, man, we're looking forward to these big fights in 2017. We hope to be doing bigger things and better things, and, hey, let's, let's, let's just keep this train going. Word up, word up. R.D., you want to you wanna end up with anything, uh, wrap up? Nah, man, just, you know, thanks for our support, Bo. Thanks for coming on. And, you know, we have some great things coming on. Thanks to, you know, everybody that plugs us in, all the IG supporters. We're going to come out with a post, you know, thanking you guys. And, you know, it's, it's a fraternity and it's a community and it's a movement. So, you know, you know, each one, teach one, and we definitely be supportive of of each one as well. So thank you. So word out, word out. Peace, Alex, Alex Stewart. I forgot to say that. Rest in peace, Mr. That got swept out of the rug because of what happened last week. But Alex Stewart, rest in peace, man. The destroyer. Word, word. No doubt. No. And also, too, man, I, um, I mean, I, I know this isn't boxing related, man, but I, I mean, I got to gotta send um, my condolences and prayers to the to the family that, the families that lost, um, you know, with a tragic plane accident that took place in Colombia yep. uh, today, mm-hmm. where you know seventy six people uh, unfortunately uh, you know you know died and, and miraculously they had seven survivors and they they had it, it was a Brazilian not the national Brazilian national team but it was a you know a league uh, in South America and it was the Brazilian team and it, it just, a, a, just a tragic tragic you know accident that you know again took the lives of 76 people so you know on behalf of the crew man i just want to send my condolences to each and one of their family members and you know hopefully you can get through this um uh within time and obviously not not an easy not not an easy thing to do but um follow us at guard your girl boxing on instagram you can follow me at roberto underscore flack as well as on twitter we'll be back this thursday uh, with my man Coltrane, who will be talking about Digging in the Vaults, Volume 1. Look for uh, <laughs> which uh, fight we're going to be discussing tomorrow. I'll be posting up the actual, uh, the, the official flyer, the official uh, post. And then, uh, like I said, every Wednesday, every Friday on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Subscribe, show your support, man. Uh, and it's free. <laughs> you know, it's, it's free to hit that subscribe button, man. So, Thanks, Bo. Thanks, R.D., and uh, we'll catch you on Thursday. Peace.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.